get ready to start, I need you to all turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. This is the third week, our final week in, of our series on unity. And I also need you to have a device. This is permission now to bring out your phone, your iPads. If you're at home, you're going to need a, a separate device from what you're watching on. Unless you have multiple screens, that's up to you. Um, so this one time, I will allow you all to be on your phone, unless, you're, if you're using a Bible app, obviously you'll be on. But have that ready, okay? So Philippians 2 and an electronic internet accessing device. You know that that was really what it was going to be called, right? Wow. All right. So we have been in this series of unity, and unity in humility and unity in obedience. And then today we're talking about unity in our witness. Um, what it looks like with our, our story, our testimony of what God is doing in our life and our witness thereof of what God is doing, what he has done as we are lights in the world. So all, ver- all from verse chapter 2 that, that Paul was saying to be of the same mind, same love, and full accord. Uh, that we as a church need to continue to be unified in all that we do and as we even leave this place to do ministry uh, in the world, uh, that we completely keep focused on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So Philippians chapter 2, let me read to you. This is verses 12 through 16, and this is our focus for today. It's lights in the world as my kind of heading above this, this section. So Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So we are here in Philippians 2, and, and we've looked at what it means to be humble, as, especially within the church body, uh, what we need to do uh, to, to put others first, and then our, our obedience to the will of the Father, to Jesus Christ's example of his hum- humility. Uh, and then we're looking at now what this message is of witness. Now, every week I've shared a story of unity. Um, and so today, this is where I need you to have your phones ready, okay? Go to whatever your search mode is, but Google Lompoc Flowers, L-O-M-P-O-C, Lompoc flowers. It kind of looks like Lompoc, which, okay, so Lompoc is where I grew up. If you take a look at the the state of California, it's right on the elbow. Uh, It's right north of Santa Barbara, close to LA. But Lompoc, now do you guys have that? No, click the image, by the way, Lompoc flowers and hit images. Do you see some pretty amazing flower fields? So back in the day, Not that I'm that old, but it used to be the flower seed growing capital of the world. Um, The majority of flower seeds that you get in the little packets to plant came from that area. So 
doing that, we had what was called the Flower Festival. And it was a big parade. It was a weekend of carnival and, and a whole bunch of stuff going on. Greatest weekend of the year, especially growing up. I was there from third grade through high school. And the cool thing was it was the second largest parade in the United States that had all you, all you could use were natural resources for decorating the floats. So there were floats, there were bands at this parade. So second only to the Rose Parade. If you've seen the Rose Parade, you've seen how elaborate the the floats are with the flowers and everything natural. So Lompoc had the same thing. And our church every year, and when I was old enough to stay up late enough to help decorate the float, which by the way, when you're using fresh flowers, you can't take a week to decorate a float. You had to do it like the night before so they weren't dead for the parade, which is usually late morning. Uh, so we would work uh, through the night. There was always a, a, a crew of people that pretty much stayed all night finished doing finishing touches. Um, we had different scenes. We had the Lord's Supper at some point or the Last Supper uh, set up. We had Christ's burial and death and resurrection. We had all sorts of different themes every year. But it was the coolest thing. Now, the goo is all I remember it being called. The goo was stinky. Whatever we dipped the flowers in to put onto uh, the chicken mesh, chicken wire for the float, just stank. It was terrible. So a mix of, of fresh flowers, which smells pretty good, and this gunk, I just can very much remember that smell even now. But we worked as a church, unified, to decorate this float. Always had issues with the motor, by the way. Uh, It's like we always broke down midway through the parade route. Um, But it was awesome to see our church work together to decorate this float. And then we were part of the parade. Um, Now, here's a cool aspect that I want to apply to today. Is that we as a church were in our community... Uh, advertising not only our church, but advertising the love of Jesus Christ uh, to our community through participating with them in the flower, the, the flower festival and having a float. And so growing up, I remember so many opportunities for our church to be a witness and to go outside the walls of our church and to really share the love of Christ with those who are in desperate need. Uh, and and that has has been a part of my ministry since then. The importance of getting out of the, the outside of these walls, leaving the campus, and having opportunity to share the love of Christ with those around us. And we've talked about that from the beginning of all this COVID stuff. When we were shut down, you know, church didn't stop. We had an opportunity, or we didn't have the opportunity to come into the building, but we still worshiped. That didn't stop. We still have Bible study. That didn't stop. Prayer never stops. God didn't stop doing work. Um, The Holy Spirit was still at work. Jesus Christ, all none of that stopped. And so that's been an important part of, of who we are, even as we as a church are going through this situation where we're kind of limited. Um, and we miss all of you back at home. Uh, so one day, one day. So today I want to talk about United in Witness by our faith, and by our message. Uh, So first, looking at our faith. Verse 12 says, Not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. 
So our witness by our faith is a faith that we have to work out and also a faith that God works in. So the opening part of verse 12 says that much more in my absence. So here's Paul. He's in prison. He can't be at the church during this time to encourage them, to teach and disciple them. And so he's done. He's had to do this through this correspondence. But he was saying, look, it's not up to me. And we've talked about that. Um, our faith is our own. Our faith and our journey and growing in our salvation in Jesus Christ is up to us. It's nice to rely on the ministries of the church. It's nice to rely on showing up on Sunday morning, but it's more than that. And we've talked about what that, that means to be pursuing God every day of our week. Not just wait for Sunday, get a little dose of God, and then we're off for the rest of the week. It is up to us. Um, and so here Paul is saying, even in my absent, much more, what does he say? Work out our own salvation. Um, now this isn't works. This isn't saying that you have, you know, you get saved by your works, that you finally get to heaven with a certain amount of hours you put in in your Christian faith. It means to work out our own salvation. It is living out the Christian life. And that word own, your own salvation, it's we own this relationship with Christ. No one else has it. It is a personal, individual relationship with God, which I love. That it's not follow these processes, uh, and then you'll get to heaven, and then, then you get to experience God. No, he's at work in our life now. Uh, we have access to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and access to God the Father right now on our own. So Paul's saying, work out your own salvation. It's not their parents' faith. It's not their spouse's faith. It's not, well, if I show up to church enough, you know, I'm going to be a Christian. No, it's your own personal experience that you enter into a personal relationship with God the Father. So we don't work out alone. Um, I don't know how many of you hit the gym, but it is always more fun to go with other people to work out. I don't get motivated enough by myself. And the same with, with biking. I don't mind a good bike ride by myself, but it's so much better with other people to encourage you, push you along. And so here's the cool thing. Talked about how much God loves us. In our own relationship, we're not working at our salvation on our own. It's God at work in us. So the rest of verse 13 talks about, for it is God who works in you. So God works in us as we work out our salvation. What an awesome relationship. So again, it's not, hey, I'm glad you accepted me as Lord and Savior. I'll see you in heaven. It is, it is this process, um, growing. It's called sanctification. Um, sanctification is the building up, the becoming more like Christ. It is the working out of our faith, working out of the process of our salvation. Philippians 1 sec, 1 6 gives us a perfect example of what it means to be justified and then sanctified. And I'll read this to you. It says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, so God who began a good work, so justification, we have full access to God in our salvation, that he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So bringing it to completion means it's not happened yet, but it will be complete one day, and that's sanctification as we are growing. 
so when we are saved, we get all of God. We have all of God. Now, here comes one of Pastor Randy's kind of mental rabbit chasing. So I haven't quite worked this out totally theologically, but I imagine Legos. Okay? When we accept Christ, when we are, when we are justified by the shed blood of Jesus Christ as, as we accept Him as Lord and Savior, we get all the pieces of the Legos that is all of God. Okay? Everything you need, we get all of it at once. Okay? Now what usually happens with Legos? Do you open the box and they're already pre-made and set up? No, you have to work through different ways and different formations of the Legos. That's the cool thing about our Christian faith that we continue to, to understand, man, this, this piece actually goes there. And we learn, it's learning more about God. It's seeing God at work in our life. That's amazing. Um, that it's not just our ticket to heaven, but God's molding us and making us. We've talked about the potter and the clay. Um, God is at work continuing to shape us and mold us and, and move us in certain ways. And so here is this process of think, sanctification because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And as we have this opportunity to work through our, our salvation and work through seeing God at work, do you know what that's actually called also? It's our testimony. Okay? What is our testimony? Testimony, if you go to court, you're to testify you are a witness to an act that was done. In our faith, we saw Christ come and be our Lord and Savior, and then we see God at work through our life. That's our testimony. That's our witness. And so a really cool thing that we now get to share in the message of who God is, of Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross and his example to us and the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And as we work on our testimony and see God at work, and people, I pray that we are seeing God at work. I pray that we're seeing God at work even in this lockdown time because he's still at work. He's still there. And the beauty of our testimony is there is no one in this room that has the same testimony as I do. Did you know that? I was I was saved when I was six, grew up in a Christian home, um, felt a calling to ministry about my sophomore, junior year of college, totally rejected that. And that didn't, I didn't fully give in to God until my freshman year of college. Okay, your testimony is different than mine. By the way, I think my testimony, there's probably no one in the world that has my testimony, right? There's no one in the world that has your testimony. If we really think this through, there's never been anyone that's ever existed with your testimony, nor will ever exist. Are you seeing how big God is in all of this? We have, it's God at work in my life and in your life. That's pretty amazing. Um, we have something to share be, in our life because of what God is doing in our life. And I might have an opportunity to do, have a better connection with someone else because of who I am. You might have someone that you're connected to better that God is allowed to use your testimony to share his love. And so, not only as individuals do we have this sanctification, this working through what God is doing, 
God is also at work in our church. God is at work in our church, continuing to mold us and to make us, to shape us, to do the right ministries, to connect to the right people in the community, to be this light in this world. It is all together. So imagine our testimonies woven together in this tapestry of this amazing picture of who the family at First Baptist Church of Waldorf is because of what God is doing. That is, that's amazing. And it's beautiful. And that is who we are. That is the situation that we're in. That is the opportunity that God's given us uh, to, to see what God has done through our faith and what we are working out and what he is working in with us. And so we are united in witness by our faith, and then we are united in witness by our message as children of God and as lights in this world. So as children of God, do all things without grumbling or disputing. And that doesn't mean everything, right? Can we tweak the word all at least a little bit? Okay, in all things, no grumbling, no disputing, okay? We've already dealt with this the last couple of weeks. That's pretty much an impossibility, is it not? Um, But that's what we're called to as we continue and what does that do to our witness? What does that do to our message? If we're a church grumbling and complaining all the time, does anyone want to hear what we have to say? Not at all. Does anyone want to show up? No way. Okay, so we're called to continue to strive for that. That you may be blameless and innocent. And how many times have we used the cop-out, well, I'm not perfect, only Jesus is perfect, you know, so deal with my sin and all my messiness. Okay, maybe not, but we are forgiven. Okay, God is at work. We we are children of God, blameless and innocent. And especially compared to the world and the darkness of the world. Paul uses the words crooked and twisted generation. Um, that there is such a contrast of who we are as blameless and innocent children to the world uh, who is crooked and Twisted, and, and so here's this contrast which brings into the next point that we are, um, that our message and, and our example to the world are as lights. Um, in verse 16, that we are lights in the world. And we've talked about lights and, and there's different variations of lights and this is like a reflection light. This is like something that shines, um, and you could compare it to the stars. Um, how many of you truly have seen stars in a dark, dark night, especially at midnight, uh, when they are so clear? One of my favorite places ever to go is Yosemite. Um, and it can get so dark there that you, if you have no campfire, if you have no lights at all where your campsite is, you can barely see the hand in front of your face. But you look up and the stars are bright. Uh, there are no city lights, there's no, well, if the moon's there, then it causes some issues, but there are no other distractions, no other things that get in the way of the brightness of the stars in the night. And Paul is saying, as Christians, as children of God, and as lights, compared to the darkness of the world, we are going to shine brightly. And stars are vital for navigation. I don't... Remember the last time we've had to use stars to navigate our way through with all of our gizmos and gadgets and things on our wrists and pockets? But stars were used to navigate. You still can. 
Um, I Googled it. Uh, there's a way to work through North Star and find the Big Dipper to find the North Star and, and all of that. But I thought about that. What is my witness? Is my witness pointing others to Jesus? Um, if stars are to navigate and stars are to show the right direction, if we as children of God are to point others to Jesus, how am I doing with that? How are we doing with that, even as a church? And what are some opportunities that we kind of just shut down? It'd be so easy in the midst of everything going on to kind of shut down. I've got my own worries, and we don't. We kind of put some distractions or some things in the way to not allow the brightness of who God is in our life to shine. Um, And ironically, if we're in a darker place in our life, that light is going to be more bright. It's going to be brighter. In even the the frustrating situations at work or at school, at home, um, sometimes the light shines brightest when we are in our darkest place. And I know that's not easy and that's not always the case. But man, when we come through with a testimony that God has brought us out of the valley and we can share that, what an amazing story and what an amazing testimony that is. And so... As lights in the world, we are to hold fast to the word of life. And the word of life here is the gospel. Um, And the ESV says hold fast. And that's an immediate good picture. I'm holding on to my salvation, to the gospel work of Jesus Christ in my life. Holding on to the word of God, the scripture. But the real meaning is to hold forth. So if I am I... If I have a lantern and I'm hiding it to myself, not many people are going to see, but if I hold it forth and hold it out, now I've exposed to more people the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel message. So holding forth, it's not always easy. And and I'm not here to say you need to start wearing the big cross, gold chains, and Bible thump everyone that you come across. Um, It may not be a bad idea for certain people in our life. But probably not the best idea. It is also as much as our life. How we treat others, how we speak, how we interact, how we deal with conflict. It speaks because God at work in our life, there's going to show and we are going to shine as examples of who God is in our life. Uh, And we might have opportunities to use words. And so looking at this, And understanding that we have an opportunity to not only be humble and not only obey, but also be the light and and actively seek after those who don't know him is an an amazing privilege that we have as, as Christians. As lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, we shine the brightest when we show humility to those around us, are obedient to the work of Jesus in our life, and by being a witness, both in word and in deed. And what a, a great time. And I'm going to close with this. We are in a crazy time, are we not? Uh, with what is going on. The COVID stuff has been problematic enough. And I don't see the end in sight. You throw in some racial tension, you throw in the, the spike in depression and anxiety, the loss of work, 
Uh, you throw in all the political stuff that's coming with the presidential election. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, social media is is craziness. Um, conversations with people, it's a mess. But I want us to know, and this is part of the reason that I chose this series, is that we're going to make it through. Um, we will. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to come through stronger because of our unity. I, I didn't think of this. Of, man, our church is, is completely divisive. Like, we're not united at all. That never crossed my mind. Um, but I know that we can continue to fight. We can continue to be united. I say the word fight not to go argue, argue louder than others. Um, but I've used that word probably the last two or three times in talking to you know, marriage counseling or, or relationships is to fight for each other. Um, I knew I was going to have a... I need to quit preloading my thoughts of where I might cry, like in a sermon, because when I get here, like, I don't have... It's like on default mode. I need you to know that I'm going to fight for us. I'm going to fight for you. Um, we're going to do this together. We're, whatever position, and I wasn't going to say this, whatever position God has for staffing, whatever that looks like, you you still get me regardless, whatever that looks like. But you need to know, you need to know, and pastor's been fighting this whole time, and he's not done, okay? I hope you know that your staff love you, your leadership loves you. We're going to fight we're not going to let this outside situations come in and mess us up. I'm not going to allow that to happen. Um, we're going to get through this. We're going to come out stronger. I'm tired. I know you guys are tired. But man, I cannot wait to see where God's going to lead us. And it's going to be in our humility. It's going to be in our obedience. It's going to be in our witness. So as we close this time, please know that this is going to be, it's frustrating, it's hard to work through, it's hard to wake up sometimes in the morning, I'm, I'm terrified to turn the news on, um, but God is so much bigger than this, Jesus Christ is our, our, our rock and our warrior and our, like, we've, we've got this because God's got this. Um, we're going to be okay. I promise you we're going to be okay. Um, it's going to be an amazing time to see, and I'm glad that I have all of you with me through this. Um, and so let's continue. Let's, let's shake some of this stuff off and look forward to the opportunities that we have to serve each other, uh, to worship God with all of our might wherever we are, and to serve those around us in this dark world who desperately needs the love of Jesus Christ. If you please pray with me, we'll do our closing song and then go into our Lord's Supper. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your reminder of what you're doing in our life. Uh, that, Father, you have given us full access to who you are. Uh, and that we have, we are not limited with the direct communication and, and leaning on and all that we need from you. Father, help us as we grow in our faith, 
as we continue to work out our salvation, that we discover some more amazing things about you, that we feel your presence in our life even more today than we have in the last few days. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you uh, and have this time as a church family uh, to get through anything that this world throws at us, that we continue to seek after you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.